What's up, people? What's up, people? God, y'all all right? Y'all feel good? Amen, 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 amen. It's good to be amongst God's people. Today is good to have the honor and privilege of dropping from the scriptures. Um, let's pray, and we're going to dig right in uh, this, this gravy and grits here. Lord, we thank you uh, for the scriptures. We thank you for um, the fact that um, we don't have to, like, find a word from somewhere. <laughs> um, it's, 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 so, it's, it's so restful, it's so tranquil of soul to know that when you stand up and proclaim that we're not a motivational speaker that has to create information that helps people want to do something in life. But, Lord God, first off, you give them life. And then you give words that continue to irk them on in valuable ways uh, towards attaining the unity of the faith that's only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, God, let the words of my mouth, let the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, help my words, um, exegesis, application, um, to all be in accordance with your divine mind. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, so it's so wonderful um, to see so many of you growing spiritually, man. Um, I was just as as all of these weddings are being done, um, you know, um, some of the dudes called me a punk yesterday because I, I broke down a little bit. I, I'll meet you back in the back after um, the gathering. Y'all want to see how much. Now nah, I'm joking. In Jesus' name, sanctification, growing spiritually, walking with him, growing up. No, the man of God must not be quarrelsome. So, um, so um, but I'm excited because so many of y'all is getting married now. Like, I remember where y'all were before y'all, like, when we, before we launched, um, ministering to some of you all on Pastor Branch's steps for hours at a time. And, and so just seeing... So many of you are just walking with the Lord, growing up in the faith, sure of your salvation, pursuing Him is a is a um, is a, is a, is an honor and a privilege that God would allow us to be a part of people's journey as such. Um, so 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 we're excited about that. And as we um, left off uh, time before last, you know, last week we had a Mother's Day message. Um, last week, where we just talked about the godly mother's picture, we didn't really finish that, so we'll say that for next Mother's Day. Um, to finish the rest of that up. <laughs> um, actually, the week before, I didn't finish the rest of the point. Um, so we only got to like two-thirds of verse one. And so we're going to pick up there. I'm going to still take it slow today. I'm going to try not to rush. Um, so I may not finish this to next week. So if y'all can bear with me, may not finish for the next two. But I just want us to trek through this real slowly because I really believe that um, this this is um, this is good nutritional information for the Christian. And I think that what we're, what we're talking about um, in the in the area um, of um, of Galatians is where Paul has began to apply um, a lot of what he's been saying throughout the book. That for some parts of the book, kind of say like, what in the world is he talking about? But he just kept emphasizing um, that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone. And guess what sanctification is? Uh, uh, sanctification is through grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone. Guess what glorification is? Through grace alone, through faith alone. Guess what again? Through Christ alone. And so he's irking them on in that. And as he's, as he's moving them on in that reality that all of life is by grace alone, 
through faith alone and through Christ alone. All of it is it's not merely the beginning step. Like, okay, we graduate to like self, you know, uh, you know, we graduate to fleshly execution. No, um, that's a deistic understanding of salvation. God starts things and he kind of gets you off the train and will say, okay, go. And you kind of go down the street and kind of ride through your Christian life wobbling through it. That's not that's not biblical Christianity. Biblical Christianity does have stages in relation to um, him ushering us from spiritual what? To spiritual what? From spiritual what? To what? Amen. And so, and so as, we, as, we, as we keep that as an idea of what God's goal is in the way we're conformed to the image of Christ, we found ourselves in verse 1 last time, the first two-thirds of it, and we, and we were talking about Paul's first ex- exhortations. Now, a lot of the exhortations and the applicational components of the imperatives that are in this verse come from the whole book, but specifically from chapter 5, verses 16 to verse 27, to give you a picture of what it looks like to walk according to the flesh and give you a picture to, uh, of what it means to walk according to the Spirit. Are y'all with me? And so he starts off in verse 1. He says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression... You who are spiritual, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. And so we saw uh, a spirit of gentleness. And we saw that the gospel impacts the soul of Christian relationships. And so what we talked about was the fact that we just use the the euphemism of soul in our artistic culture to talk about authenticity. Um, uh, 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 you You know, the soul of stuff is like, you know, the, you know, mama back in the day when she fried the chicken, uh, or, or she fried, she got some bacon, and she would uh, take the bacon out and she'd keep the grease. I was like, mama, why you keep the grease? She said, oh, baby, that's the good stuff. I was like, why you keep the grease? Because I can use that to flavor all types of things. So when we talk about the soul of the gospel, I hope you're talking about the word in your stomach, brother. I know you... <laughs> So the, 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 the grease of the gospel, and we're talking about that stuff that flavors your soul. The things that give you the roux of your soul. Like when you make some gumbo, you want a roux. You can put all the scrimps in it you want to. The, the, you can put all, the, all, the, all of the crawfish you want in it. The chicken. If you ain't got a roux, that's the, that's the makeup ground. Amen. For all of that good gumbo with some, oh, praise God, some gumbo and rice. And so, but that's what the soul of the gospel is. The soul of the gospel is the raw material for your Christian life to be the best that God wants it to be. Now, the dream of God for every believer is that you live at your best. Like, God doesn't have these subsidized levels, which I want to re-clarify some things. Some people walked away with some things I want to make sure I clarify because I don't want to send the wrong signal. And we talked about, he said, you who are spiritual. And we began describing the spiritual person. He, and, and, and the rest of, actually, this chapter is going to give the signs of a spiritual person. However, Paul in 1 Corinthians 2, we saw, talked about the spiritual person, but we also talked about the fleshly person and the natural person. The natural person is not a believer. The fleshly person is not a fruitless believer. Let me explain that. When we went back, I want to make sure that you understand that the fleshly person is described in chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 of 1 Corinthians as a babe in Jesus Christ. 
not just a person that wanders for a lifetime without any fruit. Why? Because you can't say you're a Christian and bear no fruit. Let me say that again. It is, if God causes you to be born again, like we talked about in Pastor Deuce's um, um, uh, pre-sermon sermon, because he preached, he might as well kept going, but because um, he was murdering it, but, but to the glory of Christ. And we see them being caused to be grown again. In other words, God causes you to be born again, but he also causes you to grow spiritually. And so if he's causing you to grow spiritually, there is no such thing as a believer who bears goose egg fruit. And we try to make them a believer. Let me, let me just let you know that. Even in the Corinthian church, where we pull that, the, the, the idea of the spiritual person, Paul even had something to praise them about in relation to them having something that says that you're a Christian. Are you with me? So, so when we talk about the fleshly person, we're not talking about no category of a carnal Christian. We don't believe in a carnal Christian. Like that, that's like an oxymoron. Carnal Christian. Like, 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 in other words, you can, ha- you can have parts of your life that are unsanctified, but you can't be marked by carnality. And that's the, that's the main fruit you bear because Paul, even in this chapter, would say, you need to check yourself or you wreck yourself. And so when we go here, as we go, as we make, make our way further through the text, and we talked about restoration, and we talked about what, what it means to restore, a person, that spiritual person that's marked by spiritual nutrients who have been walking with Jesus, growing, and they are qualified to make a disciple. In other words, the spiritual person has entered a phase in their Christian life where they are qualified to reproduce themselves. Now, 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 now that's very, very important. And some of that reproduction looks like restoring someone to a state of, of walking with God and pursuing him, but that person is either a babe in a particular area of their life or they are a babe in Christ. Are you with me? And so, and so, and so my man Paul goes on and he begins talking about the idea of restoration. Then he goes um, and he begins talking about, he says, in a spirit of gentleness. In a spirit of gentleness. In other words, he gives... Um, the way in which we see restoration or what does restoration actually look like and what's the attitude that we have when we restore. And it's interesting that he used gentleness. And we're going to go through today how the interrelation, uh, the interrelationship between the fruit of the spirit and how we can work that out as believers. And so as Paul is um, um, looking at of the fact that believers are going to be walking with other believers, helping other believers, not merely coming to church, but be the church. So, so, so he's saying he, he's talking about this is the rule of what it means to be a biblical Christian. This is the rule. This is the baking grease of being a Christian. And so, and so, and so he begins by giving some cautions. And I like this. Because he gives these precautions because some of us have a propensity, matter of fact, all of us, towards self-righteousness. And so what he does is he helps unfruitful, judgmental Christians to hold it down in humility as they minister to other believers. So that it won't turn into a gossip fest. 
so that it won't turn into a fest where, where you begin to lord it over a brother and sister or hold an account against them for long periods of time that Second Corinthians chapter 2 says can send them out into the world. And so when we look at this, we see he says something beautiful. He says, keep watch on yourself. Keep watch on yourself. He tells the spiritual person who's growing spiritually, who've walked through some landmarks, we're still on the same point, um, some landmarks in their Christian life who have experienced areas of growth, is he says, now while you are helping restore somebody else, watch yourself. He says, be very, very careful. When you're restoring a person, and we're going to talk about what that looks like, but when you're helping walk with another Christian through an ordeal with their life so they can continue to walk in without encumbrances and with, and with less walking in less sins, you got to be careful yourself. He says, you got to be careful. You got to, you got to keep watch over yourself. CJ Mahaney was talking about 1 Timothy 4, uh, 15 through 16 at a conference recently. And he was, and he's fleshing that out. Of course, Paul says in that verse, he says, keep watch over yourself as well as your doctrine. In other words, <clears throat> don't get to the point where you're taking in biblical information and you like the, the piranha frenzy of getting a lot of new theological words, uh, gathering information, going to hundreds of conferences, but you don't ever get to the point where those things make their way into your heart. And so he says, keep watch over yourself, fam. And I like some of the precautions that Mahaney gives. He he, he says, whenever you're keeping watch over yourself um, as well as your doctrine, you're a person that's easy to correct. Hmm. You're easy to correct. See, when, when when you allow yourself to keep watch, you don't just keep watch over yourself, but you allow others to help you keep watch over yourself. So I'm going to talk about the, I'm gonna, we, we're going to break out down some, a couple of things today. But, but I like the way C.J. Mahaney talks about you're willing to let others speak into your life. Some of us need to learn how to do that. Some of us are so used to being hurt, we get on the defensive as soon as someone begins to peel off some spiritual jack-upness that we're walking into. And we don't respond well. You know, um, they come to you in a spirit of gentleness. I mean, you want to talk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, look at you. I mean, the other. I mean, hold up. <laughs> then we got those who like to justify their stuff. You know, justify it through all of their intake. You got to be careful. Keep watch over yourself. So that means as you're walking with someone, you got to be careful of how you talk to them. How you look at them. Listen, God is going to allow you to see some sinfulness in the lives of other believers. And the question is, is can you keep watch over yourself, not just that you don't become um, um, engulfed in the same sin, which I'm going to talk about that too in a minute. But also that your view of them as a born-again Christian, totally clean, positionally before Jesus, does not change. 
Because some of us are so self-righteous, we easily lose respect for people too fast. But when it's us that's in the middle of it, we want people to restore us and look at us the same way. And so you got to keep watch over yourself that you don't begin sizing yourself up against the person that you're walking with. So-and-so a mess. Now I'll spend the time, oh man, you ought to hear their life story. It's like, dang, fam, like you're talking about it like this is like some funness. Like that's not fun to talk about someone's depravity. Who, who are you? What, what you? I mean, who do you think you are? And so as and little do you know, you, you, you're going to talk about how that, what that looks like in sowing to the flesh. So he says, keep watch, keep watch over yourself, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Mm. Keep watch over yourself, lest you too be tempted. He basically says, be careful of who you're walking with because you may end up walking into the very thing that you're trying to restore them from. That means you need to be careful who you call yourself restoring. See, there's some people I can't help be restored to certain things. I just send them off somewhere because I know that in my heyday, what they're walking, like if some, if I'm, I can't walk with you or from the blunt spot. Cause I used to, I used to like to roll blunts and I used to, I, I was skilled at it. So I'm, I'm, I may not be the best because when you begin telling your story, I'm going to be smelling the gunja in the atmosphere. I'm going to, I'm going to be licking some Philly blunt stones and rolling. I'm like, Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. I got to get out. I'm smelling the, I got to, I, I can't do it. So I need somebody else to walk with the blunt run or roller. Somebody that didn't have the blunting issues. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Walk with me, Jesus. Walk with me. And so that means that I, that means that, that means that you need to learn how to delegate other people's restoration processes that are too close to your fleshly kryptonite booby traps to other believers who are strong in those areas. That's key. That's key. Because, 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 listen, 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 we need to be Christians who are wise in relation to every area of our lives because we don't want to think too highly of ourselves. Because when you think, oh, I'm good, you, you, you just, you, 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 it, you, you just fail. That's the seed for falling. I, I'm straight. I'm good. No, no, you're not. And so you you gotta be able. Listen, you can't. You see, I'm 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 a type of cat. I don't like to fool myself. See, some of y'all like to fool yourself. Like everything's good in the hood with the way you can just roll. You know what I'm saying? But biblically, he says, keep watch over yourself, lest you too be tempted. But then he goes into a, another beautiful area where he says, bear one another's burdens. He says, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens. This burden here is a burden that when, when he says bear one another's burdens, um, this is beautiful in relation to the, 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 the totality and the summation of the law of Christ. When he talks about bearing one another's burdens here, Paul is talking about burdens that can only be carried 
with more than two or more believers. In other words, there's some burdens which we're going to talk about are single believer burdens. In other words, we're going to talk about what it looks like to take responsibility for your own spiritual life. But now we're talking about what does it look like for the community to walk in unified spiritual formation so that if a brother or sister in Christ is in desperate need, that we're there to help them carry that load. And so Paul says, listen, when believers are working with one another to help one another bear burdens, you fulfill the law of Christ. Now, we'll talk about what is the law of Christ. But before we talk about the law of Christ, I want to go through some criteria for a burden bearer and for the burdened. What does it look like to be a burdened person? What is is your M.O. during your time of burdensomeness? And and then also, I made it, I made it up, I know English majors, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but then what does it look like to actually be a biblical burden bearer to walk with someone? What do you need to be thinking through? How do you need to be handling yourself to fulfill the centrality of the work of the cross of Jesus Christ? Why is this so important to the law of Christ? Because what does Isaiah 53, 4 says? Surely he bore our griefs. And our sicknesses and our friends. So we do this out of the flow of the work of Jesus Christ's work on the cross as the ultimate burden bearer. So we're not bearing them without the strength of Christ. We're bearing them because Christ has already bore them. Now we're utilizing the leverage of the Lord Jesus Christ to help us to get those burdens carried. Recently, my wife and I, we had, a, we had, I had an engagement in New York, man, and I got a, a, a rent-a-car. They gave us a nice upgrade. It was raining like a mug out there. It was raining. We on the highway, um, we, we, we on the, we on the turnpike, and man, um, I, the, I, the tire busted on me. It was an SUV. So I go on over to the side of the road, man, and the shoulder was so thin, Trucks go by the truck, the, the joint just go like this. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, keep me near. Now, and I've been watching those video shows that show, you know, the tragedies happen, you know, and some, the police giving you a ticket, ram, and somebody called you, something and all kinds of craziness. So I get out and say, you know, we call AAA, AAA, don't come on the turnpike. Just remember that. They don't come. So it's raining. Um, got on my, my nice little outfit, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, wifey, stay in the car. I get out the car, open the back. Now, I'm thinking they're going to have, you know, me one of them hydraulic jack joints. You know, the joint where you can stand back like five feet going, and the joint just rise up. Then you turn it and it settles down again. Man, I opened the, the back of that thing, and they had this, this little, this, it looked like a mousetrap. That's how small it was. A little mousetrap, and I'm pulling the thing out, and I'm trying to yank it out and do, and it wouldn't come out, and rain just ragged out, just coming on me, just blowing on me. And I'm standing there, and somebody, I love the Lord. He heard my cry and pitied every girl. I'm, I'm go- and I pulled the joint out, man, and I put it under the car, man, and it's whooshy, 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 on me. And, man, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I, 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 I'm doing the thing like this. It wouldn't work. And I, I, had, I had to go under the car, and then, then all of a sudden, this dude pulled up whew, right behind me. He gets out, and he said, I'll help you, sir. He puts this big old jack up, whoa, 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 and fixes the thing. I was like, man, man, I was trying to do this with, with just this. But my man came out, helped your boy out, 
that out with a larger jack. Well, that's what it looks like when believers help each other. See, when you help yourself by yourself, you got that little old bitty jack just tore up and ain't moving nothing. But when you got some, when you got some help from the body, they got, they got hydraulic strength. They'll come around you and, and stuff that was weighing you down and, and you in the storm of life and you're like, God, how am I going to make it? Then some believers say, I got you, fam. What you need? Ragal. And you're being lifted up in different areas of your life where you have been stunted for a long, long time. And so to the burden, to the burden, this, these are some key things that the burden has to be able to do. The burden, you have to have regular relationships with Christians. Let me tell you why. See, people that are burdened by themselves and nobody knows it, it's hard for others to bear a burden with you if they don't know you. Well, ain't nobody called me. Ain't nobody, well, no, nobody know you. We don't even know you're a part of the community. See, so don't be blaming. You go from church to church and you're blaming everybody for not bearing your burdens, but you haven't been willing to, 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 to make yourself known as a, a believer, first of all, and a burden bearer and a burden to person. And so you gotta have a regular, that's why I say regular relationships. That means that the, 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 the part of your Christian life is threaded through being known and being known by others. That way, they'll know your sin patterns, they'll know your patterns so they can help you. And these relationships must be invested in, not just taken from. Because see, whenever you try to bear someone's burden that you don't really know or have a relationship, it's awkward. It's awkward. It's like, I mean, because you don't know whether you're offending. You don't, I mean, you know when you don't know somebody, you know, and they're ready to tell you, you don't know me like that. You don't know me like that. Man, get away from me. You don't know me like that. You know what I'm saying? So they're looking at you, and you're like, yeah, I mean, no, I'm just trying to be a brother. And see, because you don't know the rhythm of relationship with that person, that you, you're on p- pins and needles and on eggshells because you haven't developed regular biblical, just regular relationship so they can know your rhythms and patterns. Y'all with me? Burden bearing is hard to expect when you ask for it from people you have isolated yourself from. Also, be honest about sin's effect on you. (laughs) See, some of us, like some of y'all come to me for counseling, y'all tell me half the stuff. Y'all, when you only tell me half, I can't help you. I can't, if you tell me, you paint the picture like you straight, and it was somebody else's fault, but it was kind of you was in the mix, then what happens is, is I assume unless the Holy Spirit starts saying, he lying, ask this, ask this. And then I, I don't want to have to draw you out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Tell other believers the whole thing. How much porn have you been watching? When was the last time? How many times have you been um, kiting checks? Whose credit card you stole? And you tell me the whole story. Don't tell me I'm in financial trouble. Tell me, tell me, tell me you got a Sears card. You got a visa. They sent you back in college and you maxed it out 5000 You got stupid. Don't say I got financial trouble and I need help. No. Tell the whole story of sickness. Because what happens is you'll have people helping you with symptoms and not the root. 
And see, and see, that's that's and see, that's when you know you're getting biblical help because God is not concerned about symptoms. He's not concerned about God is concerned about making sure that the root, the cross deals with root issues and the symptoms are dealt with because they have been cursed by the cross. But you have to first lay it all out so that the, um, like, like the counselor or person you're working with, believer, can say all of it. And you got to learn the art of that. And I just want to pub out real quick, plug our new counseling ministry. You know what I'm saying? You know, Sister Erica going to be leading our counseling charge. You know what I'm saying? And, um, but, um, but, but don't be running, bombarding her after the gathering now. Cause we gotta get a team. We gotta get a team. Um, you know what I'm saying? And so when we get the building, just a plug, we're gonna be right back here on the other side. I got much mad counseling rooms, bathrooms. Praise God, hallelujah. So, so we're gonna be using that. But that, but then there's, there's also the community group aspect where you need to be able to do that. Don't just dump. Submit to the help that is offered. See, to the burden person, see, a lot of y'all just like to get stuff off your chest. I don't have time for that. I, I don't have time. Whew, I feel better now, Pastor. I'm going to go back out and finish acting a fool, but I just had to lay down these parts of things. Like, I'm not a confessional booth. You know what I'm saying? No, no, nor is the believers of the, of the faith. Say nine Hail Marys and do the sign of the cross and genuflect eight times and throw some. No, that's not what we're about here. And so when we talk about this idea of burden bearing, you have to you have to be willing when people give you godly advice in your restoration process, you got to take it. Because folk going to get tired of you dumping and not changing. I just got to be real. People are like, you're just going to dump, dump, dump. Now you need to do it. I know. I, I know, man. I know. I know. Then you go right back out and you back telling us the same thing you've been doing. I'm like, when are you going to spiritually step up to the plate and submit to it? Because you're going to still deal with the same issues, people of God, if you do not allow the body to be the body. And the body will get sick of you and mark you as a person that don't want to. And then we're going to be wondering whether you're a believer then. Because if you don't never want no advice, you don't never want to change, you just want to dump, we're going to be like, you don't show no signs. See, one of the signs of being a spiritual person or believer is that you repent. If you don't repent regularly of your sin, you may not be in the faith. So uh, that's to the burden. Now to the burden bearer. Be a safe place for the burdened. People that are under burdens need a safe place. Um, Because for some of us, some people, they have hurts that are... They are legitimate. They have legitimate hurts. And so you got to be a safe place for them. I'm going to explain what that means. Don't tell others what was told to you in confidence unless it is life-threatening. I'm going to commit suicide. Okay, we need to talk about some other things. Now, I'm not, that's not funny. I mean, to tell, like, that's something, that's, that's when you, something else, right? Okay. But, 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 but like, but like, you, you don't, you, like, you want to be a safe place so that every time you tell somebody something, somehow it gets around the church. Just somehow. They come back to you. I mean, I told you in confidence. I, I ain't say nothing. Who else you been talking to? I was only talking to you. I mean, I don't know how they find out, man. Man, dang. Man, how you gonna tell after I done told you? In com- See, that's not. See, then you, you develop an untrustworthy network 
among believers, then the culture of the church is known for not holding things closely and helping people deal with their sin without unnecessary public embarrassment because you couldn't keep your ugly mouth shut. And so we got to be willing to walk with the, 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 the burden. These are some practical things. Listen and hear before you start shooting off your mouth. Some of us don't know how to listen as a, as a co-burden bearer. Before they finish, oh, first you make chapter 7. <laughs> Hold on, I ain't finished. Like some of us need to learn how to be quiet and, and some of us, you know, like the girls used to play double dutch. They don't play double dutch on the block no more. You know how the girl going in like this when it's, when it's, when it's going, back, going back and forth, and the girl going like that? One, two. See, some of y'all like that in conversation. Why they talking? You going like this, trying to wait for them. That's not, that's, listen, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be listening so that that person, as they're talking to you, can begin to lay their burdens down among the saints. So that means, hold on, some of y'all like to use this as an interrupt. I don't mean to interrupt you. Well, you're doing it anyway. <laughs> Write something down. Get a note and pad. <laughs> but you're going to, I'm just trying to give you some practical stuff, help you work through burden bearing. But this is the other thing about burden bearing. Is you got to, oh, dang, I forgot it. Anyway, next point. Next practical thing. Have a safe place to bear your soul. I'll never forget David went up to Ramoth Gilead, which means the place of worship. And, he's, and it says, now, David, David is, is about to be king. He's been working. He's been serving the Lord. He's been kicked out by King Saul and, got, you know, hanging with the Philistines and going in caves. And David just got tired. And he met with Samuel. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel, I believe it is 19, it says, And David told Samuel all of the things that Saul had done to him. I like that. Because David... Even though he was going to be king, even though all of these disconnected, and in the next chapter, all of these disconnected, in debt, and discontented people connected themselves to him. But first he went to the place of worship to bear his soul to the man of God. So he, listen, you got to begin to have a place to bear your soul. Because some of you, amongst you, amongst you, God has blessed you to be leaders, and you don't have any place to bear your soul. And you're just taking in, taking in, taking in. And everybody's coming to you, but you're going to no one. And that's spiritually unhealthy. And so that means just because you're a burden bearer don't mean you have burdens that don't need to be borne with other believers. And so that means you have to have a safe place. You got to take retreats and sit down somewhere and listen instead of talking. Pray regularly for the burden because that will keep you from gossiping about their issues. Give a biblically based advice. Not your opinion. Now, I, I know that sounds so simple, but we got a, a lot of I thinks in the body. You know, I just think if it was me, like that ain't, no, that's not the standard. If it was you, is not the standard. The Bible is. 
So that means you have to that means you have to know the scriptures. You have to be regularly combing your life through the Bible so that when you're talking to others, you're not giving them faulty advice because Jesus is going to hold you accountable for what you said to them. But let me give one last guideline and this is a very very important one. Now some of y'all going to call me legalistic for this, but I got verses for it. I don't think that a dude and a lady should bear one another's burdens without others around. That's, that's my little sister. You know what I'm saying? My little yonder. <laughs> he's like my big brother. He's, he, he's my little brother. That's my big sis. I, I don't, I don't I'm, I'm very, I think you've got to be very careful of that. Because when you begin bearing burdens with someone that's fine, or they may not be fine until you get emotionally attached to them through burden bearing. See, somebody that ain't all that, it's something about that intimate emotional attachment. See, girls know what I'm talking about. See, dudes don't deal with this much. But see, women, you'll be like, see, a real beautiful woman walking with a dude, you know what I'm saying, walking down the street, and you're like, how'd he get her? Dude, twisted up, hair beady, can't dress. He know how to bear burns, man. You better, you know what I'm saying? You know about that, you know how to bear burns. And so, <laughs> so you got to be careful. Like, I, remember, I remember quite a few times when I first started walking with Jesus, I remember quite a few times, and this is all in the, in the text on one another's burdens. <clears throat> I remember several times when I first started walking with Jesus where I was leading. I didn't know I was leading man women on. I'm spending time going out to dinner, going to the movies, chilling, hanging. And they going behind my back and say, oh, Eric, Eric. And I'm like, she don't like me. And I'm like, dang, leading them on. Then I'm getting led on mutually. And I realized that our mutual burden bearing was creating for me a network of hurt females. So one of the things that we have to be careful of, men, ladies, the other thing we have to be careful of is same-sex individual relationship burden bearing alone. On the phone to five in the morning. Some girl, you know, I know the sunrise, and we talking about Jesus. Let's pray. Like, prayer is intimate. <laughs> Lord, I just want to pray for my sister in Christ. Love her, God. I love her. She means a lot to me. God, you're doing this. You're the... <laughs> Broke all up. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Don't front. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. So you got to be careful. Now let me show you Bible for it. Turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5. Y'all think I'm lying. The devil is a liar. Look at verse five, chapter 5 verse 1. It says, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Treat younger men like brothers, older women like mothers, younger women like sisters in all purity. Wow. 
Why would he talk about the pops? He or the old, old heads, dudes, he and the old head ladies. He say with all purity. He gets to the younger women, and he said, "Now Timothy, now when you get the now, come on Timothy, with all purity with the young ladies now, big dog. You know what I'm saying? And so, turn over to Titus chapter two. Titus chapter two." He says, but, verse 1, he says, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Now, he's giving them, he's giving Titus the framework of what it looks like to do with accords with sound doctrine. Now, everything is he's about to say is sound, solid Christianity, right? Now, go down to verse 3. Now, I'll just read verse 2. He says, older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love and in steadfastness. Now he's telling him to teach the older men this. He's telling him to teach, he's telling Titus to teach these people these things. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the younger women. Who's supposed to train the younger women? Was Titus supposed to train the younger women? Right there in the Bible. Right there in the Bible. Well, Paul tells his disciples, be careful with younger women. And so when we talk about burden bearing, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. But when we talk about mutual um, burden bearing um, in relation to the believers uh, 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 in Christ, um, it's very, 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 very imperative. And it's very, very important that we make sure that we be careful in the spirit of it. Now, look at what he says in verse. He says, um, and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's good. He says, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, when he talks about this idea of fulfilling the law of Christ, Christ gave his laws or what he um, restated um, in several passages. Number one, Jesus Christ told them in John 13:32 a new commandment I give you. What is that new commandment? That you love one another just as I have loved you. He restates it several times. He restates it in John 15. So he basically says, look, when you are bearing one another's burdens, Christ says that is the that was what in other words this is a great application of the law of Christ in bearing one another's burdens. In other words, loving one another as Christ loved you. How do we love one another as Christ loved you? Uh, uh, Peter betrayed Jesus on Friday. And the next week was being restored as a leader of the apostles. During a 40-day period, something happened where Jesus, Jesus, Jesus restored Peter. Now, if Jesus could restore a person that betrayed him in his darkest hour, how can we not do the same by bearing one another's? I don't like, I, I, just, I don't think, I'm, I'm not over our issues yet. God doesn't let us get away with that. 
Because how can Jesus get up from a grave, die a terrible death, provide all of this for us? The law of Christ says that we must restore people and that we must not utilize their shortcomings as a mechanism and a way to look down on them, but to bear their burdens, bearing one another's burdens together. I am going to start the second point and then I'm going to close. Then we'll work on the rest of this next week. Is that cool? All right. Next point. <laughs> point two, this is the last point. It's long, though. The gospel impacts the soul of Christian relationships. It impacts the, the, the meat and potatoes of Christian relationships. He says, he says, if, he says, for if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work. And then, and then his reason to boast, and his, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. Actually, that was the first point. I'm sorry. The second, the second point. I didn't even go through all this. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Second point. I didn't get to the second point yet. Praise the Lord. So we'll get on the second point next week, and I'll finish this part up. That cool? Okay. Then I'm going to knock. I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to be done. All right. He says, he says, okay, if anyone thinks himself something when he is nothing, he deceives himself, but let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his uh, and not in his neighbor, for each one will have to bear his own load. Okay, so this is the person now that overestimates their spiritual vitality. So what he continues is just finalizing this po- point for the burden bearer or the person that calls themselves spiritual. Proverbs has an expression that kind of capsulizes this, own eyes. Proverbs says it several times. If a person is wise in their own eyes or in their own estimation, it uses it as an attitude of a person that is so trumped and into themselves in their spiritual vitality that they think they're better than everybody in the body. And so what Paul says here, he says, for if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he is deceiving himself. But let each one test, that's key, test his own work. What the word test, of course, means is uh, here is the use of the term is is the sense of a person who is a silversmith or a metalsmith. And what that metalsmith will do is it like 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 he'll take some metal and he will put it in the smelting pot and he'll heat it up. And when he heats that metal up. In that, in that, in that, in that, all of the dross and all of the mess comes to the top. What Paul says is he says, I want you to test your own work. We're going to end here. This is a good application. This is how you test your own work. And I do this regularly, and I need to do it more. I haven't done it in a minute. I think I haven't done it in a year now. But this is a way where you test where you are spiritually in the faith. You do a, you do a few things. You lay out all of the fruit of the Spirit. Lay them out. So you go to Galatians chapter 5, and you go, you, go, you go to those verses where the fruit of the Spirit is. Then you go over. I also add 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. You take those and you list them. 
List those things. You have a definition of each right there. Then you do a survey of your life and ask yourself, how are you doing in those areas? <laughs> like, for instance, are you loving? So that's it. You can say, well, I'm loving towards others. No, no, no. Let's define it for you just dross over some stuff. Is your life sacrificial towards others? <laughs> is, is your life always about you? When everybody want to go to the movies, I ain't going to see that. I'm going to leave. Like you, or do you say, well, I mean, I want to go see this, but what we want to, like you're never sacrificing. You always got to, I want to go there to eat. You need me now? Dang, I just took all my shoes and took my shower, got my cocoa out. You, you need me now? Are you sacrificial in your love towards others? Are you joyous? Ask yourself this question. We're going to explain some of these next week. But are you pleasant to be around? Or are you a frustration to be around? Do you bring, every time others come around you, does their whole, does their whole, does the environment change when you come in the room? Like everything just goes. Are you pleasant to be around? Then you got to ask yourself, are you at peace? Is your life in order? See, that's what peace means. Shalom means, arena, uh, of course, being used there, but, you know, it plays off of the Old Testament word shalom. In other words, when we say in order, shalom or peace is God putting the universe back to its original design that he intended through the Lord Jesus Christ. Does your life reflect a person where God is continually reshaping the creation within your life after his original design, or is your life out of order? That means, is it, or if you're a wife, do you wear the pants in the house? Let me bring it home, because that can be way out there. Are you a passive husband? If you're passive as a husband, you're not walking in God's divine order. Shalom. Whole nother message. Patient. Are you patient? Oh, man. I mean, let me tell on myself. Man, I was on uh, Chestnut driving not too long ago. And I'm driving in the, in the right lane. I, I remember it. Cars parked. Left lane, right lane. Hallelujah. And I'm driving. And this guy in a Camry comes in front of me. And he puts his nose out. And I'm going about 30. I had to stop. That I beat my horn, went around him, went all the way up, got in the left lane, drove up. Car drives up beside me, rolls down his window. I rolled down my window. Hey, what's up? Glad you didn't hit this car, huh? I said, what? He said, you know how to whoop that if you'd hit my car. And so, <laughs> I had a preacher friend on the phone, too. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, man. Because, <laughs> see, I pictured myself getting out of my car right there, going up his car and teeing off on him right there. In the, 
and I was praying in the Holy Ghost. And he said again, he said, yeah, man, you, 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 I mean, you wouldn't have hit that car. I'd have, I'd have whooped that. And he just kept going. He just kept going. And I, oh, I was just feeling punked. I just felt like he was just punking me. And I, my fist, everything, everything in me was firing up. And I was just like, God, just let me lose this one at the beam. I, I want to just, let me, and I'm just, I'm just like, and I, and I said, and I said, you know, and my, my preacher friend was like, he said, watch it, Reverend, watch it, Reverend. And I'm sitting on the phone, and I'm like, oh, God, I want to, and my feet are burning, my fists, my knuckles, and I, you know what I said? <laughs> Oh, but I didn't feel it when I said it. Oh, I didn't feel it. But I turned around to him and I said, the Lord Jesus loves you. <laughs> and, oh, and, and you can trust him by faith alone. Oh, my God, that was the hardest. And my heart. I'm going to tell y'all, my heart was, my heart was in Jersey. Not on 15th of Chestnut. And then I had to say, Lord. But then I had to ask myself the question. What in me allowed that moment, a God I didn't know, push that many buttons to make me that mad in that short amount of time? I said, God, I got, you got to work on me. Like, cause I was, I was already in beat down mode too fast. Like, like, and, um, and, and so I was like, Lord. And so many of us have to ask ourselves those questions as you test yourself. Because the enemy will test you and the Lord will test you. Now, the Lord's test is to show you where you're not. The enemy's test is to take you where you're not. So the issue is, is, is it's very important as a believer in Jesus, I'm closing, that you begin checking your life, taking uh, and begin asking God to work through and comb through different areas of your life. Because everybody got a trigger. Some of y'all are solemn, but if somebody plucked the right trigger, it's like a, it's like a button. You, you, you knock somebody. You got to begin to put, you know, unplug the cord to that trigger. And the gospel does that. The gospel of Christ unplugs the cords of demonic triggers that work in your life to destroy your witness, to destroy your ability to apply God's word. And we know that God wants maximum glory out of us. By this, our God is glorified that we bear much fruit, that we bear the marks and identity of what it means to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, so, so as we close, I'm going to pray. And, 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 I, and I want us to be, just think about that and begin this week combing through our lives. Am I self-controlled? Do I eat too much? Do I, all these things. I'm not trying to just make up a list of things. But the gospel wants to get to each one of those things and work on it. And so, you, 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 we, we want our lives to be... To be where we, I mean, we're always going like this. Don't you want your life going like that? Where your life is consistently going upward and not downward. Whether you're in a dry season or a flourishing season, whether you have much or you have plenty, we want to persevere as being those believers who bear the marks 
what it means to be a burden bearer within the body of Christ and testing ourselves so that we're continuously qualified to restore others. Father, we thank you. We thank you for...